Welcome back to the show, people. What does self-leadership look like for you? Are you taking ownership, responsibility? Do you have clarity on what you value? Or are you letting others define that for you? Are you connected to what you stand for? Are you clear on your boundaries and needs? Do you agree that this is what allows you to lead yourself? All these questions for me are inherently connected to what we speak to in this episode. Jack Villiers is on the show He's a coach, a business mentor, and a ceremonialist. His mission is to empower people to lead authentically. So simple, but what does it actually mean for us to lead authentically, to connect to our truth? Jack really calls people into their truth and their hearts in a really direct and loving way. He works with Sacred Sons, and he's been in the men's workspace for some time. Jack started this thing called Human Work, and it really bridges and a more inclusive space of men and women to honour real human connection so we can be fully seen, held and heard in a safe space to grieve together, to connect in deep ways because it is a testament to going deep with yourself so you can there integrate that back into your life and therefore go deeper with others. This episode is very close to the podcast mission There was a lot of overlap here with mine and Jack's work and I resonate with his message so much and I'm so grateful that I get to share it with the podcast listeners. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me or Jack if you want to share your thoughts or feelings on anything we discuss. I must mention that he's got a UK event in Yorkshire happening in April 25th to the 28th. I urge you to check that out. This episode is on YouTube so please head there if you want to watch it subscribe wherever you're listening and leave a review if you feel called to appreciate you over to the sponsors are you a coffee drinker i am i love it it's one of the best things of my day i love looking forward to sitting down with that warm brew and i often use it to dive into some work or facilitate focus or connection with someone i share it with so surely i should be prioritizing the best kind of coffee and since i transitioned to exhale a lot has changed All coffee, as we know, is not created equal. It's in fact one of the most sprayed crops in the world and has been renowned to be full of mycotoxins. But as I said, I think we all know that, right? My good friend Alex in 2020 set out to make the world's healthiest coffee without compromising on taste and sustainability. He dived into all the science and actually found that it is such an amazing superfood. They prioritise farming, sourcing, roasting, It's organic, it's speciality grade, freshly roasted and ground, lab tested over nine times and tested for and free from moulds, yeast, heavy metals, packed full of antioxidants and polyphenols, which have been linked to reduce inflammation, heart disease and boost brain function. If that's not enough to convince you to try Exhale, let me just add they are B Corp and members of the Soil Association. They have an impressive blog, weekly newsletter that they pack loads of useful health related tips into. Go check them out. Link is in the description. What are you waiting for? Go, go, go. Use code CGP or click the link in the description for £10 off your first bag on a full flexible subscription. You can cancel any time if you don't notice the difference. 450 bags of coffee, 30 cups for just £8. Beautiful. So the further we get away from nature and what's natural, the more disease, illness that occurs. I'm sure you'd agree this is no different when thinking about your feet, which we often don't think about what are we putting our feet into they are the only thing that's connected to the ground at all times they affect balance posture strength mobility all of the above 
Now, preventing your risk of injury might be exposing your feet to varieties of different ground, different surfaces. Now, we do this in the gym. We stress our bodies to adapt. It's the same process when you think about your feet. And if you care about your health, you'll definitely try some wild soul sandals. Yes, more friends of the podcast. Tom and James started this company last year. They have handcrafted some of the world's finest sandals. UK produced from animal-friendly materials and shipped in recycled and plastic-free packaging. Now, I could talk about the benefits of footwear all day. These are close to as being barefoot as possible. I don't know anything else I would put on my feet that I would wear to so many different occasions. Wear them in the warmth, in the cold, and it allows your feet to breathe. Like, they are the closest thing you can get to bare feet. Now, of course, you might have heard of Vivo Barefoot, but they're nowhere near being barefoot. These are Wild Soul sandals, and they are the closest thing you can get to being barefoot when you're not barefoot. Wear Wild Soul sandals. They have a zero drop sole that is thin and flexible to allow your feet to truly feel the ground beneath you like millions of years of evolution wants you to. For form and function, you can actually select the size of the thickness of the sandal on the website. And the biggest functional difference between these and a standard pair of flip-flops, not that they should even be compared, but the adjustable straps hold your feet secure so your toes don't have to constantly grip part of the sole. The wide toe box and lack of constraint allows your feet to expand as much as they need to when you put weight on them i know tom hasn't taken his off for the last two years he's never worn anything else use code cdp10 at checkout for 10 percent off all the links in the description go get yourself a pair it will change your life I think that for me, I've realized that whenever I create separation in my life, mm -hmm. it never has a positive outcome. So I lived a long period of my life where it was like, that's my work life. This is my personal life. And the more that I did that, I felt pulled apart in the middle mm -hmm. because I was always trying to tend to priorities over there or tend to priorities over here. And now that the way I approach my life is like, how can I just create connection in all the things that I do? How can I create alignment in all the things that I do? That way I'm waking up and it sounds like a cliche, mm -hmm. but every day feels like I'm on purpose. I'm doing the things that I want to do and I'm enjoying it. And if I don't have a day then I, that, I, that I don't enjoy something, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, what's the adjustment that I need to make? But I don't want to compartmentalize things because for me that's just created more separation yes yeah so for me it's yeah i mean charles eisenstein is like the guru behind the connection versus separation mm. um but yeah i want to i want to create a connected and integrated life not a life where i'm putting things in boxes and then having to go and tend to them it just feels like i'm being pulled apart otherwise yeah i've felt a lot of benefit in the past through compartmentalizing that mm. and and it serves me at times where I can just park stuff and then just go in a different direction. Mm. But I always have to revisit it. So it's like creating distance for now, you know? Yeah. So I can just dissociate quite well from my... I think that's comes, I, I do that comes down to my yeah, maybe yeah. attachment styles. I can avoid things. Mm. And okay, don't, it doesn't have to affect me. 
but it will always come back around and I always have to, I always kind of know now that that's not going away I can't I've done that too many times and thought it had to then now there's the wisdom there is to know that it's not actually going anywhere but you can I think as a man that's my mm. that's my masculine energy to be able to just put something there and then go this way and then come back to it I guess yeah 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 and I have to do that sometimes too I think specifically in the framing of like work versus personal life that's where for me what really started to come up is I felt like all the work that I was doing was like prostituting myself mm. I was like I'm just doing this so just doing this work so I can make this much money and then live kind of like this lifestyle but that lifestyle felt so separated from the work that I was doing that it almost felt like I was leading like a double life so I think like when it comes to emotions or challenges that we may have like sometimes you've just done enough processing like I can give an example mm. of now so like my dad passed away in November and it's like I had a really good kind of period of processing the grief and moving through it and then I suddenly was just like, I, can't, I actually need a break from this. I need to like put this there for a moment and come back to it. So I think, I think it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. But for me, when it comes to overall vision, the more alignment that we can create between the work that we do and the life that we live, I personally believe that's mm -hmm. going to give us the best outcomes. Yeah. I read when you were 10 years old that you found out your dad was adopted. Is yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was that like? I think that was a that was a big time, right? Of like finding or maybe revisiting that of what that could have done for those kind of formative years, finding that out. Yeah, I remember it really vividly, like and viscerally in my body. I was sitting on the sofa at home and I can't quite remember why it came up, but and it, and it wasn't even that my mum had sat me down and was like, I have something to tell you. It just kind of came up and she said yeah your dad's adopted I wanted to tell you and so on and so forth mm. and that was an instant paradigm shift I felt this something I knew was always there this kind of hole or like an, an emptiness that I felt yeah. I'd always felt it growing up and just the way that I was and, and how things were even at a young age I can remember feeling that but that kind of confirmed what it was so I instantly felt this feeling of emptiness and who am I and where am I from? And it was interesting because growing up in London, where I did, super multicultural. I was always going to different people's houses, eating different food. All my friends were, you know, like a real, a real multicultural crew of, of guys. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly just had this big question, like, who am I and where am I from? And I think in the absence of my dad, it was also what does it mean to be a man so it, it it sort of opened up especially as I was going into adolescence this kind of like chasm of not knowing a lot about myself and who I was and that's kind of what led me to where I am now on that journey of of discovery but it's it's a really strange feeling you know to grow up and my dad was never around but his the people who adopted him his grandparents were mm. and so like I had grown up and my grandfather bless his soul who's passed away he would take me to museums. He would do, he would like filled in for the role of dad alongside my brother in some ways. And that was quite a big thing to just be like, oh, we're not blood. And for me, that mattered. 
Mm. Um, it didn't change how I felt or that I cared about them or that I wanted them to be family, but it, it did matter. And, yeah. and it really opened up this, yeah, this place in me where I had to go and seek to, to find, you know, what was on the other side of that. Yeah. My mum's dad, my thought granddad was not her real dad. So I learned that my teens and I was just it it did it gave me like this void this this kind of feeling of like oh there's like a missing piece there's like something there that doesn't make sense it's or, like a break in the chain yeah yeah and it just leaves such a you just wonder and it's it does yeah for me it was, it was like an empty feeling and I found out the other day that she has a brother and I'm like another brother and I'm like wow I didn't even know that what's going on maybe she told me i'm sure she told me at some point mm. but it was just never in my awareness or it didn't seem important but only recently if i actually asked her i said to her the other day i was like can can we sit down and go through this kind of like you'll know it's a family tree but let's like see how far we can go with who we know in the family lineage and just saying that to her like opened up some stuff and it was mm. really beautiful just inviting that question in of like ancestry and lineage and like what that can do to your relationship with your mum, your your dad it was powerful it's really good it was really good to like just go there yeah mm. yeah and i think that when there's a break like that in the chain the interesting thing that i know now in retrospect is i always felt like if i didn't find out it would kind of haunt me for the rest of my life and the thing that i realized when i did find out about my dad's birth parents and all of the history and all of this amazing stuff that's come to pass which is a, is a whole nother story of how that happened i realized that i always knew mm. that like my dna my body this vessel always knew where i was from like it's not a coincidence that i ended up living on an island and my grandfather's from puerto rico that i've been drawn to be in an island in this kind of mm. you know that in fact someone said it's to me the other day this really i haven't been to puerto rico yet this really looks like puerto rico so and then I look at my relationships and I was mm. drawn to Latin culture and these types of things. And I'm like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense, you know, because it's like my body already knew that, you know, it already knew where it wanted to be. Mm. It was just getting that story, which I think is important. But in retrospect, I'm like, even if I didn't know that, I would still be OK with it because I can feel it. Do you think that's why a lot of people feel disconnected now because we're so spread? And you've got people living all over different places and not knowing who their family are or where they've even come from or what's even maybe normal for them. And they might be pulled to somewhere that's very disconnected from where they are. Yeah, I think people feel disconnected from culture mm -hmm. and that belonging. And I think there's such a beauty in the like diverse mixing of cultures and threads and how everyone's everywhere i think that's beautiful in one way and also i think there's something really powerful about that kind of i guess taking that ownership and being like where is it i'm well, that i was from what were the culture what were the songs mm -hmm. who were the people what was their story so i think i think there's like it's not bad or good it is what it is but i think there's some real power in going through that process of reclamation yeah 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 it's soulful there's like a feeling even when you sing a song that's yeah. got a lot of weight to it and it feels like it's been trapped it's tested time and it's just traveled through lands and it, it arrives and it's just it's, it's when i first heard you know i've been on a big process with my dad's lineage and 
Spanish, Puerto Rican, there's Taino Indian in there learning songs, finding elders. And then also on my mum and my dad's side, there's also Scottish and Irish and going into like the sweat lodge and hearing people sing Gaelic songs or finding teachers who can. Mm. And it's and it's just amazing. It's like it's it's amazing to kind of expand that tapestry of your life and your knowledge of culture and then also to share songs with other people. So it's like I think both are so important. And, and I think both can happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that, I guess, you know, it's like a cultureless culture, you could call it. Mm -hmm. The way that it, it's set up, we're not necessarily like taught or encouraged to do that anymore. Yeah, it really hit me. I think it was Eric Godsey who spoke about that humans don't tell the story anymore. Corporations tell the story of what, of what it means to be human. Like you're going to them for information on what it means to be you rather than from a person to person to person. Yeah. And that's just so sad. And that's exactly so why, and that's exactly why, why, why I moved to Ibiza. Cause for me, it's like coming back to the land, mm. coming back to a simpler way of living, coming back to community. I think like the, the power of which community you can have on your life and having your own community and sharing culture and cultivating the the culture of your community for me was one of the biggest things that I never knew I needed and now I know that I can't live without it you know mm. which which is really really interesting and I, and I see again the threads of how even in my early life I was drawn to that but again I didn't know I didn't know why that would be important to me and then now I look at it and I'm like oh that all makes total sense why I live here why I'm cultivating the community that mm. I have and doing the work that I have as well yes and you can play that game also with where why am i not thriving or why am i not connected to where i am it's like as within so without you your external is quite a a reference to how you're connected or aligned inside right yeah so you can just kind of flip that as well um so when did you connect with your dad like when when was that when did you reconnect yeah so the the journey was when i was really young he wasn't really around he was an addict on the streets for a bit trying to kind of work it out and just wasn't consistent mm -hmm. so i kind of have i have very few memories of him which is quite sad um i actually said this in his eulogy one of the memories i have is that he bought me a paintball gun on like my eighth birthday totally inappropriate but i was like i see how he was my dad you know <laughs> just like being a bit rogue and, and doing mm. something that maybe he shouldn't have but in like a fun way like i want you to have this i know you're gonna have fun with it and got remember getting back to my grandparents and my mum was like are you fucking stupid like he's not having a paintball gun so he's i was eight I, years old yeah yeah it's just absolute nut yeah madness but he um so he was in and out and then i have this really vivid memory the last time i really remember seeing him there was one time after this but i, I can't really remember much I think I was about 10 years old and he was going to South Africa to go to rehab mm -hmm. and it was super odd because we went for this like meal that was like oh he's going away and it was kind of meant to almost be like a celebration mm -hmm. but obviously my experience I just felt lack and and it's weird that I, I must have repressed so much which makes total sense because I can't even remember feeling anything I just have this vivid memory of sitting in the back of the car as we all said goodbye and sort of like waving to him knowing that he was going and that's really the the last time I can remember seeing him when I was 10 and then it just never really happened you know I, I I always felt the the way that a dad would act would be almost like a I guess it would be like a savior that one day he was just going to kind of like ride in on a horse and be like I've got you son I know that this has all happened mm. and he never did 
Yeah, that's what we see in the movies, right? Yeah, and actually, I really, the biggest connection that I had, the fantasy that I had when I was young, I actually have a tattoo of it on my leg, the biggest fantasy I had was around, like, the Lion King. And if you think about Mufasa, mm. I mean, he's, like, father archetype, just, like, the father archetype, right? And I always kind of felt like that was what was going to happen. And I think I, like, played into this story almost how Mufasa dies, that that was sort of what had happened, and I did have that. Really, I, I didn't. Wow psychological death right yeah 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 mm. it was it was like that and then um i never felt that moment from him in the few times we did connect on calls and he started a new family in south africa and all of that stuff where i just felt that like come son get on the plane just get here we'll work it out you know all of that stuff which was really hard because i always wanted that mm. and also as I grew and started doing the work that I do, one of the big processes that I had was around just acceptance that your parents do the best with the capacity that they have and they have their own story and, and I can be okay with that. And I wasn't for a long time. I was really fucking angry and, mm. and resentful and, and that came out in, in a lot of bad ways. And as I got older, started doing men's work and went through this process of, reparenting refathering myself is what i would say and, and yeah. being around other men and connecting to them and connecting to my own masculinity and becoming a father you know going through my journey of fatherhood it was like i'm ready to to meet him where he's at i didn't need to you know connect with him and for him to be saving me anymore i was i'm ready to have a conversation with you and tell you about my journey and what's happened and where i'm at and I don't need anything from you. This is actually yeah. for me. That was really fucking powerful to do that. It makes me emotional thinking about it. And one of the big things that then connected us and we had some incredible conversations during the last sort of two or three years was I found his birth father who had passed away, but I found his three sisters. I found all of them through um, like DNA testing, basically. Wow. And I remember on WhatsApp getting up, a pic getting pictures of his, grand his real dad and sending them to him and being like, here you go. This is where you're from. Wow. And considering he was never there for me to be the messenger in the family, to bring that back, to know where the culture was, where we came from, was was so overwhelming and, and powerful for me. And he did. He was kind of gobsmacked. He was like, oh, I don't really know what to do with this kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he connected with his um, siblings before he passed away. Mm. But we had some really beautiful conversations. And I, and I think that for me was the piece it was like as soon as i reparented myself i could just meet him where he was at i love him i cried at his funeral i went to south africa within three days of finding out that he died after 20 years i'd never had been there we had never organized it and in three days me and my brother were on a plane there and that's the man i am today that was like i need to go and see those things i have two siblings there who i met for the first time on the day of his funeral who are beautiful they're 10 and 8 and it was for me it was like a massive pilgrimage mm. to to go and to go and honor him what allowed you to let go of a lot of like resentment and hate and all the anger what was like one of the biggest things that allowed you to just let it all go mm. that's a potent question if there was one thing that i could pinpoint i think it was seeing the reflection of myself and so many other men and, and seeing so many other men who had been through something similar and carried that wound that their father wasn't there or maybe he was, but he didn't show up and seeing the bravery of men stepping in and doing that 
mm. and then following suit and doing it and and just realizing that i needed to reconnect with that little boy inside me mm-hmm. you know so i think i think reconnecting with that little boy and holding him and reparenting him and letting him know that it was okay and one of the interesting things when he died was that i always thought we were going to reunite i just always was like there's going to be one day you know like kind of jerry springer style right and we're just going to be like dad like a part of me that was like hard coded into me from mm. when he didn't show up when i was young and um although i felt so much grief when i found out he died because of that that was like the big thing that came up it was like the man that i am today and the father that i am was just like you're okay little jack like yeah it's good you got this and in fact the big learning with this was like almost I can connect to him more in death than I could in life. And that's also beautiful. So I think, yeah, this, this process of reparenting, connecting to the, the younger me and, and nourishing him and what he needed because mm. he needed stuff and that those needs weren't met. What's changed since he's died in terms of your kind of healing Oof. that you weren't perhaps able to access when he was alive. Has there anything shifted? Humbling you know it's it's interesting as as a person as a man who leads a lot of work and does a lot of deep work with people with men and women but over the last few years i've worked with a lot of men around exactly this kind of thing and around grief and i have also done that work myself and been in the center and and done the hard yards you know i have but it was fucking humbling to be brought to my knees and realize that grief is the biggest initiation there's just there's just not another thing that and it's you know it happened in november i'm still being fucking initiated now this morning i was driving and a song came on and i just started crying in the car and i'm like okay <laughs> so 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 that's what's changed it's that i'm humbled and realizing that the work needs to continue and there's levels to the shit you know yeah it's not it's just about getting to the next yeah point. <laughs> and and the interesting thing was that when it happened i thought okay I've got all the tools. I've got support. I know what I need to do. And still it kicked my, my ass in a good way. And it, and it reminded me how important it is to just be able to surrender and just be able to accept that something is really challenging and that I will live out every single day of the rest of my life, wishing that I had have got that chance to reunite with him, wishing that I could have had one more conversation and I'm okay with that. Mm but that acceptance is a process and, and, and the grieving. So yeah, Mm. it's humbled me. Is grieving a skill. I don't, I don't know if it can be mastered. That's, that's the thing. (laughs) I I, I would say one thing though, Mm. grieving together, you know, that, that for me feels right. Yeah. There's something when I lead workshops, training ceremonies, retreats, whatever you want to call them, Mm. doing some of the work around, getting people to grieve with each other there's something so powerful about people grieving and it's about different things they've had different experiences but they're all grieving together Mm. and i think there's something so alchemizing and transformative about that and so my commitment when i go to the next thing that i have to do even if it's me that's leading it is i will get in there and grieve too because i need that yeah and i can only do so much alone Mm. And, and that's that's been a big learning for me as well i feel it as i move towards going and into one of those spaces in a couple of weeks from now and i'm like yeah i need i need that mm. i'm not gonna just be the person who's like i'm leading the thing you know yeah. so i need to get in there and, and grieve too absolutely yeah and we'll move on to that 
piece around leadership mm. and how you lead uh i feel grief is an action largely it's like it's in the doing it's in the processing mm. and um it gets away from the story it's kind of like the dance of sadness is this the grieving process that you have to kind of be in the arena to to, to do it you can't really do it in your head you know isn't yeah it is an action it's, it's a it's a choice mm. to sing to cry to go for the walk and think about it and to feel it and i always come back to this really simple practice that for me has been absolutely life-changing with grief specifically but also with any emotion that i might experience which is when i'm feeling that sensation through my body and there's a story playing it can look a number of different ways but it's just to come back to my heart to breathe to accept and to acknowledge the emotion to acknowledge the grief to acknowledge the feeling and every time i do that it's like another step of integration with the grief it's allowing me to take another moment to integrate it and to be able to walk with it and not you know to, to honor it mm -hmm. yeah yeah powerful yeah. i was reading the other day around like heart math and how many neurons there are in your in your heart so like that energy center it's just so i i don't even think i've arrived and like going there like completely and fully like a lot has is constantly practicing like going back to this place and just feeling from there it's just a it's a powerful it powerful is. thing and, and journey to go on is just to get from your head to your heart and and it's and it's funny that you said that because i was leading a training program where they were running their own like circle and i was participating observing giving mm. them feedback and one of the men did a like a heart coherence type meditation so i was really holding my hands on my heart really focusing on feeling every beat and I was like, wow, this is so simple, but so powerful just to feel that mm -hmm. essence of your life force beating through your chest yeah. and how so quickly it grounds you. It takes you back to yourself, to your center. So it's simple, but powerful. Yes. I feel most of the things are simple, but we're always trying to look for something that, cause it, it feels right to to judge or to think it's not that simple because it's always been hard. You know, like when I, when I hear something and it's like, it has to be more complicated than that because I know it already. Or like I would have heard that before, you know, I'd have, I'd have done it already if it was that simple, but often it is just sitting. It's just being, it's just being in the presence of the thing. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Go for it. Do you find it easier to help other people than help yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I can, I can measure that somehow. I can kind of observe it in a mm. different way. It's like, it's hard to read the label when you're in the bottle, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the bottle and I'm, yeah, I guess it comes down to the reparenting. That's a perfect example of doing that for myself or, or being that for another. It's easier to, for me to parent someone mm. <laughs> than to parent myself because yeah. it's psychological and it's like we have to, yeah find ways to to really do that um and it's it's been challenging for me i think the reparenting thing's huge i think that is what a large part of doing the work or the work is mm. it's just a lot of i think most people haven't got their needs met as a kid like it's just we live in these fucking complex systems now and it's hard for people to even meet their own needs, let alone meet the needs of another and maybe another, and yeah. maybe, maybe more than two. And yeah, I, I, 
it's okay like it just is we have tools we have information we have a lot of now spaces to go there mm. and uh it seems like a potent time to do that and just to take the opportunity to then reparent ourselves because if we don't do that there will always be the the wounded child yeah. within you know yeah and i'm it's interesting that i'm seeing so many people now in the work that i do like break chains mm. that's really what i feel is happening in the generations that are around and coming in it's kind of saying sort of looking up the tree and thinking do i really want that has mm. that been great for my mum or my dad mm. and then you hear about your grandfather and you see the pattern play out and it's kind of saying am i going to acknowledge that that's happened am i going to accept that it's happened but am i willing to break that chain and make a make a change to nourish the thing that was needed that wasn't there mm -hmm. or to stop the behavior or learn something that that person didn't have an opportunity to learn yeah so it's exciting in that way it is exciting yeah. i think it has to be it's exciting to be able to choose to be able to take responsibility for the things to then respond in a different way or just question start to question things more and you spoke to it on the authentic man podcast i remember and uh he was he was saying he was like he was coaching someone and the, and it was like well how has that served you yeah it has oh, has it like let's look at it and it was probably to do with extraction or generating or like constantly doing and yeah maybe it's not served you but you have that conditioned belief we have stories and we have beliefs around them and it's like if we're in that then we'll just perpetuate the same thing exactly yeah. and and then when you become a parent you see how Oof, yeah. quickly it's transferred mm. and the truth is as a parent again a piece of acceptance like some things will go go down the line and mm. it will be their destiny and their work to do that for the family but i think you can also really as a parent take ownership over what can I really deal with right now? Mm. What is it that I've been holding that these children don't need to receive and, yeah. and go on that process? I feel, I feel that the best thing you can do as a parent is be honest when you mess up and like, you know what you have and hold and can't do and then demonstrate that behavior, but how to respond from that place of not getting it always right. Yeah. Like, imagine just getting it always right you're not teaching anything to anyone yeah but then it's how you kind of work through that is there anything that you feel that you won't be able to get work through or get through in this in this time and things that you will just have to pass on that's a good question <laughs> that's a real that's a that's a corker <laughs> um because surrender is powerful right and it can yeah. be the, the the biggest thing that I am struggling with right now, and it links previously to what we were saying, and I'm I'm not sure quite how this would pass on to them, because it's quite like it's quite unique to me, mm. is that if there was a field down the road of a hundred people who needed support with grief and healing and needed to do some deep work, I could walk down there and do it and might energy centers and the focus and everything would be dialed in and I could go mm -hmm. and do it when it comes to looking after myself and doing it immediately within me for myself that's where I, I struggle and then also having had a child so young at 20 22 23 when I had my daughter 
there's part of me that struggles with that responsibility of being that person all the time when I'm at home and doing that work in my home and doing it with my family. So that's the thing that I'm struggling with. And I feel like it's a lifetime path because I see how the more that my responsibility grows, especially at home, I'm like, fuck, mm. this is, this is really, really, really challenging. So that, that's kind of the big thing that I feel will be a continued life path, whether it will go to them. I feel like it's quite u unique to me. What's an example of that? Something that you find hard to just, yeah, work through for yourself first. Yeah. It's like I could hold space for a hundred people, but I would struggle to hold space for myself sometimes. So would it be in distracting or just like always things to do? Just, just, yeah. Wanting to disassociate or if my partner really needs me to hold space, sometimes I can be amazing, but there's also times where I really struggle to drop into the same space and level of space holding that I do with mm. other people. And I feel that it's really important to call this out because there's often this, I feel that there is often a perception in the kind of healing and self-development world that like, I've mastered all of these things so I can teach them to you, yeah. right? And I believe that because a lot of the people I work with, I, I have alchemized something within myself that they have not yet. And then it's an example to them and a mirror to them and they're able to do it. And at the same time, I would be being dishonest to say that there's things that I'm able to help other people through that I struggle to help myself through. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm getting Absolutely. at? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that um, if someone is in the circle that is not letting me know what they're still working through, I'm cautious mm. about, <laughs> I'm cautious of them. I'm like, kind of got my eye on like, okay, sure, there's something that, like we're all fucking trying to figure this all out on this rock that we're living on like surely there's something and i think that's very powerful and important to keep speaking to that's what i really do my best to to constantly keep speaking to and this loops back to the first question that you asked about kind of like mm -hmm. work and personal my biggest journey is integrating what i do out there in the world and the value that i offer to people in terms of healing and processing things and learning and stepping into their self-leadership the reason i need more integration and less separation is because that's what i need to do at home mm. i need to bring the person that i am when i step out in the circle and it's like let's go yeah. let's fucking go we're gonna do some great work this weekend <laughs> yeah that person needs to be at home more yeah because sometimes it's harder and and, and it's more deflated mm. and that's that's the honest truth often when there's a judgment or a charge around anything it's like okay you need to hear that for yourself or you're you're, you're so connected to that thing because you witness with you first yeah you know i think for me the biggest thing i do my my life's work to work through is measuring my worth by how much my output is how productive i am mm. what i'm like creating there's nothing inherently wrong with creating but I definitely measure my worth with what I am putting out into the world, what I can physically materialize, you know, like being productive. Mm. Like what have I done today? And if I haven't, if I don't feel, I can't measure something I've done, there'll be some sort of, yeah, lesser than energy. And that links to something that just came up for me, which is we talk a lot about purpose and our contribution and what we're bringing to the world, which I believe is important. Mm. And also if we go to the very basic level, we've been given this body and this existence 
And is our purpose not just to feel it all? Sure, there's shadows within that. And just to experience it, you know, yeah. as, as in just feel yeah. every emotion, honor it and fully engage with life. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a mantra for me around fully engaging. Mm. Well, that life. is bringing your masculine and feminine into balance, right? Yeah. There's the expression, which is pure feminine, but then it's like the consciousness and the stillness and the, 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 the like rock of what you need to be, to feel it, to be it, but then to move into the world with like a yeah an expressive energy exactly and when i when i judge myself harshly about creation and output and am i doing enough and mm. all of that sort of thing it's just can i come back to all right i'm here to just feel everything what am i actually feeling right now mm. again like checking in with my body and that that has helped me a lot mm. really i have helped. to check myself i'm just like how fucking ridiculous is it that that's my problem like ancestors people that have come before me will be laughing at me <laughs> having such a problem being like too productive you know like that was like such a mission for like that's why it's so inherent maybe the worth things come in through different means but mm. the productivity is like we fucking need to be productive like it's rooted in our survival we can't deny our expression as a human to to yeah i i had this conversation actually with um and it changed things for me. Um, environmental generational amnesia, Peter Kahn, this guy. And I was like, it seems to be, it seems to be the stories and the, the human, I guess, arc has been to progress. It seems mm. inherent in us. And he points to tribes that have lived for many, many generations that haven't progressed like we would view it. So is it? Is it as simple as we've always, you know, my dad always speaks to, comes back to this thing. We've progressed since then. We moved on. <laughs> we, we don't need to be around the fire. Like we've, we've moved on. We've, we've come into like, yeah, we've got life good. And I'm like, I think we need to go back to the fire. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what we're doing now. We're remembering. No, yeah. We're, we're remembering that we yeah. need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pertinent, but it's, it is a privilege to I have to check that privilege to, to, to have this, have this space have this time and i think the difference is that whereas many moons ago that output and that doing things was survival a lot mm. of the time whereas yeah. now it isn't so then it's scarcity just, yeah and it's mm. just creating more and more and more i really mm. like that though i feel that sometimes i need to plateau i need mm. to just be where i'm at it's not always the next thing i believe that you know life comes in seasons you could say mm -hmm. and it's like okay well what's the season right now right now in ibiza, not in ibiza. Well, well well not in ibiza well i had to get used to that my body clock had to change you that. are but, used to it but right but right now it's actually cold and wet out here just yeah. so everyone knows it's still isn't it you can tell yeah. the energies you know, no one's commuting to the other side of the island for a you know yeah. hang out yeah and it's like a season it's like a season of of winter and just staying and sowing seeds and all of that stuff mm -hmm. and then as spring comes mm -hmm. harvest you know mm -hmm. so yeah i i do feel that in society and i see this a lot in my work especially with men there's just this constant need to create and produce create and produce mm. and i think that that's where many men and i experienced it end up burning out right mm. and it's like we do so much and then we look back and we're like do I even care about any of this I know, this man. We seem to be busier than ever. It's, it's pretty fucking mad how 
everyone's seems to me certainly in england like it's everyone's struggle is that they are so busy and yeah. it's just like it doesn't seem to make sense to me like why are we so busy why is our time so f like precious now yeah. um many reasons but let's <laughs> step into the the human work the the men's work and what do you think is the biggest thing that prevents people from stepping into that space or do you think people that because there's a lot of observers i think more than participants <laughs> There's a lot of people that hear about this or they 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 know of it. But in your experience, what prevents people from, from stepping into that space, back into circle? Jack, are you part of a cult? <laughs> Jack, is everyone there really spiritual? Jack, what's going to happen? I think I'm happy with my life. Everything's fine, Jack. There's nothing to worry about, Jack. Everything's fine. There are so many reasons. I've been thinking about this a lot. The deeper that I've gone into this work, there was this part of me that started to believe this work is for everyone. Mm. Everyone has to do this. You know, you know, when you find something that's like incredible. That happened to me of a passenger. It was like the perfect environment to brainwash me. And like, it has to be that way. It's like, oh, we need to do this to go through this. But I was so convinced that I was going to change everyone I knew's life by introducing them to this because it was just so impactful yeah so so yeah that's how i felt mm. about about this work and at times i still do feel that way yeah and at the same time i want to acknowledge within myself a new understanding that's coming through that because as humans we are all beautifully unique there is an idea that i have that the things that are gonna yeah just fill our soul heal us whatever it is that we need or we desire it can be it can be different things so I've, i want to say that before i say anything and i think that in the culture that we live in today there has been especially especially around men but also just in like a quite masculine dominated culture otherwise we wouldn't have been speaking about patriarchy and misogyny so much over mm -hmm. over the past decade or whatever mm -hmm. that um we've had an emotionless culture. So when people see so much emotion and so much vulnerability, it can kind of be like, A, is this real? Is this for real? Or is this something like people are under a spell here? That kind of thing. Yeah, it's um, so unfamiliar. So unfamiliar. Mm. And then also, um, will, will I be able to go to that place? Like the self-judgment people often tell me about, like, I feel really insecure about mm. doing that sort of stuff and opening up in front of people. And I think I'm fine. That's always what I get. I don't think I need it. I don't think mm. I need it. That's a, a lot of people say. So I, I think, I think the barriers are that we're just not used to seeing that kind of raw emotion and vulnerability. And so much so that we almost don't believe it's, it's real. You know, it's like, how could that actually be real? I would challenge you on that because I think we do. I think we see it in film and media and like true. on the news. Like there's a lot of emotion. It's different. It's very different. But we are exposed to a lot. And I think that does the opposite. It kind of numbs us from feeling and connecting with that. Um, something just came up for me then. I think I forgot it. Um, but it was around maybe not deserving it. It was around not feeling worthy of the growth. And I think that's a real subconscious thing for people that don't feel good enough or that they deserve to feel. 
and it operates on this kind of real subconscious level that they have to dissociate. The relationship coach I had on last night, um, he talked about empathy and I was like, well, what, what stops people from feeling empathy? Like just, just connecting with something that's mm. raw and real. And he was like, well, actually too much empathy. If you have too much, you have to dissociate because it's too overwhelming for your system. Yeah. I was like, fuck. I think I, think I like that counterpoint i think that when we see things in the media or i speak for myself when i see things in the media or on the news mm -hmm. i'm the observer it's like watching television right and then when there's like an actual invitation in front of me yeah. to come and do that thing it's like yeah, we're removed from it. you know if you're watching i'm trying to think of a film if you're watching a film mm -hmm. right there's not that part at the end of the film that's like and would you like to come and go through <laughs> all of that you know whereas when it's in your Instagram Absolutely. and it's like, come and do this work, come and do men's work, come and yeah. do this deep transformational work with men and yeah, women. Yeah, or your partner's like, here you go. Yeah. Sends or, you this. Or your friend, or your no comments, no, it just sends you the real. Just, yeah, just <laughs> sends you the thing. It's, 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 yeah, it's like not being the observer. You're now being in, invited in. Mm. And I think that there's also a piece that comes up for me, and I've seen this a lot in containers, that we're not used to that level of connection. Mm-hmm. I didn't experience the level of connection that I have now through the work that I do when I was growing up. Yeah. I didn't. In fact, I was disconnected for most of my childhood because I was yeah. repressing and handling things. Yeah. And then suddenly that connection presents itself and it can be one of the most fucking scary things mm. to even think about being seen in that way, mm. to see another in that way, to open yourself up, to share the things that kind of whisper to you, but you never speak. Mm. So I think I think that's a that's a big piece. And I often say people always people often say to me, I feel resistance. I'm not sure if this is for me, that sort of thing. And when you fit in my life, when I felt that resistance and I followed that path, there's always been an incredible breakthrough on the other side. So I never try and force people into doing this work. But how can I invite them deeper and hold a bit of space for them to just touch it? You know, if, if someone's like, I'm not sure, I'm thinking about it. Okay, let's let's chat about it. What is it that's coming up for you? And for them to feel that embodied connection that you're bringing from doing this work is the best invitation that you can give them. Hmm. Jack, you've changed. You've changed. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's like how you hold yourself, how you preach with everything you do. It's not, yeah, it's not telling them about it. And when I first started doing this work, I felt a lot of judgment growing up the the way that i did and friends mm. they were just like jack's gone fucking nuts mm. he's gone absolutely mad what is he doing like with all these dudes in the woods it's weird mm. and then the more that time has gone on and they see me embodying the man that i've become it's completely different there's like this level of respect whether they choose to do it or not there's this kind of level of respect of like i see how you're living yeah your life you know mm -hmm. and i think that's the best invitation that you can you can give people and i think there's a wider piece which is how can we just keep normalizing this how can we keep normalizing grieving together how can we keep normalizing community and connection because for me these are the antidotes to a lot of the issues that i see in the world right now mm -hmm. absolutely yeah community and connection do you spend time in more mainstream spaces very much it's an interesting question now that i live in ibiza do you know what i mean but like <laughs> yeah. do, do you like intentionally maybe it's a supermarket maybe it's like i don't know like i feel i have to 
have a responsibility to keep checking in with like why this is so important because i can go from retreat to retreat to retreat and think the whole world's changing in the but, you mean kind of operating in the bubble <laughs> for sure yeah i've never been that type of person to do mm. that i've always enjoyed and a bit of a shadow that i've always like potted around all over and go from this space to this space but yeah without going into that too much i know that when i go into more other spaces it's like oh, okay this is a reminder in a way i think it's important mm. i believe that this work the work that i do is best when it's integrated in the reality and i know this because i live in ibiza now which is a beautiful bubble. It's a buffet of mm. experiences and community and all of these amazing things. And every month I go back to London when I see my daughter and I just need to go to like the old gritty high road near mm. where I grew up and walk around and go to the shops and just be in all of that. It's, it's really important because it grounds me back mm. to where I, to where I came from. And I believe that the more that I can walk out in those places and I work still with a lot of corporate companies as well that are just completely not, you know, it's kind of like a Trojan horse. They're not, sure. they don't know that a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, I've come, I've experienced it because I've done it in like a deeper setting, right? They're just like, oh, we've got this corporate person running, running a workshop. Yeah. And, and it's important for me to kind of check back in with the matrix and be like, what's going on? And am I able to operate there? I, I, I think yeah, integrating the work into the reality of society and that kind of thing is really important because that's where it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. If we're just all kind of on our own mountains with our communities, then really what contribution are we making? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What are the drawbacks and consequences of men, women coming to events, having a fucking deep experience and then leaving? what are the consequences of that and maybe that you've seen and how can you mitigate that yeah you know for me there's a responsibility to support people with integrating these experiences mm -hmm. there is for me that there must be a knowingness that when they leave there is some kind of support for them to integrate what has happened and it's not just thanks for coming Hope you had a blast you cried a lot you screamed a lot you smiled a lot yeah. on your way yeah there's a responsibility to support them because mm. whether it's psychedelics plant medicines whether it's doing this kind of deep transformational shadow that type of work you become so open and mm. suddenly you have this openness and these new understandings and there's a big expansion and then this is why to the previous point i said why living in the reality is important because the contraction will come where you're looking around and oh there isn't as much community and connection mm -hmm. as i experienced on that weekend so i think it's equipping people and giving them the advice and the support and making sure that there's some kind of integration plan afterwards that they that they can stay connected so they don't just feel that that was a blip in time where they experienced this whole crazy thing and it was completely different and they were like what was that and then people can be left in this place where they're not sure right so i think it's it's the responsibility of people leading this kind of work to integrate and support people in a good way which mm -hmm. is why for me with all my experiences there's always going to be integration after like included you know mm. um what does that look like to you and like say calls support yeah. connection mm -hmm. advice like mm -hmm. giving them advice actual here is a whole thing like have a read of this 
this is going to help you integrate mm -hmm. these things may come up that sort of thing and also just uh like if you ever need to call me like I'm not going to pretend that I'm so busy and I'm running more events. Mm. If you've come and you've been willing to open and put your heart on your sleeve and do this kind of work, then I'm happy to always receive a call if you're in need, you know? I like that. We've got that on record now. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <laughs> but it's powerful when you hear that from uh, someone who's holding space because mm. you don't hear it that often. Um, and when you start to do more of this stuff, people want to, and it's benefiting people want more of it and you do more and there's a responsibility there not to get so busy that you haven't got time for someone to jump on a call you know who yeah. really needs it yeah and and the work also in the actual container this is something that's been coming up for me recently is i believe as a facilitator as a leader as someone leading that work it's not up to me to just take people where i want them to go because they're coming to this experience and they expect tears and grief and joy and mm. all of that kind of stuff. That That's not up to me to decide that for them. I'm here to steward them through whatever process they need to go through. It's not about notches on the belt of like, mm. look how many people, you know, had yeah. a big process this weekend, that sort of thing. Yeah, we've got 16 people that have cried. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, and it's, of course, there's something so incredible about and you will have experienced this i assume yeah. being in that space and f touching that emotion that rawness of emotion when someone's deep in a process mm -hmm. and also be responsible because there mm -hmm. are risks and the more that i can get out of my own way take a breath and really let them flow in the way they need to and just kind of help them gently along the way the outcomes that they get the impact of the work is way better than if i'm in my kind of performance of like I'm here to do this thing and everyone's going to witness me do it. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's really, really important because I see how my own ego, when I started doing this work and especially started doing a lot more deeper processing work on people was kind of like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that person tomorrow. I, I heard that voice coming up in my head and I was like, that that's not what I'm here to, to wow. do because it's, it's, it's a rush for all, for everyone. Mm. You, well, you've experienced for it. Sure. So, you know, yeah, I feel like my intention is to, help people connect back to that intuition and that knowing that they'll feel and get a deeper sense of how they feel around other people. So mm -hmm. they know who to trust and who not to, or who to really go there with and who not to. Like even me, I'm like, just, just really like take that responsibility because there are people out there that you're going to, if you give all yourself to, and maybe it's in a relationship or whatever, but it's like strengthening that sense that we all have to like, just kind of maybe have some distance with some people or, or not or trust people mm. and i think that comes back to like how much you trust yourself and how much like you know yourself and what's good for you and what you need and then that can kind of you can have that kind of awareness and the key ingredient is connection yeah it's that simple yeah. it's when people connect to themselves and they connect with other people that's the magic yes there's the organization yes there's the practices and all of the different things that can go into one of these experiences mm. but it's connection every mm. single time it doesn't matter how anyone shares in whatever words they use yeah. of how the experience was of what changed for them there is one core thread and it's connection mm. and i believe that as human beings that is something that we all seek and we all need regardless of anything or whatever stories that we have so for me 
it's can I set up the structure and the conditions for that connection to thrive for them to connect with others yeah. for them to connect with self and if I do that the work is done for me you know I mm. of course you know serve that connection by doing certain things but it it's so simple and I have this thing that sometimes I get in you know I'm leading a weekend for example um and I'm like is it going to happen you know the magic where it feels like mm. well spirits taken over and everything's just weaving and everything's so perfect and imperfect at the same time and as long as that connection is created it always happens in exactly the way that it's meant to mm. and that for me is just this beautiful unfolding that i think i would love for everyone to experience if it feels yeah. like it's for them i think it's a deep holding that's how i describe mm. it it's like a feeling truly held by others around you in going through what's true for you and that could be the joy and sharing the joy with someone and having that kind of you know, brotherhood. There was an experience I feel really cool to share around um, an ice bath at my last event. And this guy got into, it was like a trough, essentially. We didn't really have a vessel for this ice bath, but it was a trough that was big enough for a human and filled it with ice. And we put a song on for everyone and everyone got in one at a time. And pretty much everyone had a deep process in that tub because everyone was around them in silence and just holding them through mm. the process and just a touch on a shoulder or like just a, you know, just their presence next to them. It was so fucking powerful just to like, I don't, you can't really describe those moments. There's something happening mm. in the spirit of it or in the, in just the positioning or the energy it's it's really remarkable what comes of that just the simplest things they are very unexpected so you can't really write it on a fucking yeah. blog or on a website it just has to happen organically and it's those moments that surprise you that you don't think it was even possible to like be lifted up and feel like oh fuck i've never felt this before you know and for me it's in a world where we're constantly tearing each other down mm -hmm. that's what's happening a lot of the time out there when we remember what it feels like to lift each other up yeah that's encapsulates what that moment is what that you're sharing it's remembering that we're all here together we're all experiencing this yeah no matter our differences like we all have hardships mm. and that for me is just that again it's the connection it's that beautiful thing of mm. i'm here i'm holding you i'm supporting you we're not the same we also are the same mm. and that's okay i'm here supporting you regardless and it's like even if it's difficult maybe it's hard for me to support you because when i look at you i see something in myself that i don't like which can come up a lot in these spaces mm. even then it's coming into connection can we work through that and it's incredible to have relationships where you're willing to bring those things forward it's done wonders for my, all my relationships but especially with some of the people that i do my work with to be able to be like this thing's coming up can we come into connection about it? Are we willing to hold space? Are we willing to lift each other up rather mm. than just sit with it and tear each other down with yeah. thoughts or actions or whatever it is? I feel like we're tearing the people down also that are tearing others down. Exactly. That's become more of a thing now. And I catch myself doing it. But then I'm just perpetuating the same behavior that I'm trying to It's the same stop. energy. It's the same <laughs> yeah, it's a cycle. Fucking hell. I was, I was on a... A, a group a book club group last night and one of the guys the, the author of the book 
at James O'Brien. He's a radio host. He wrote this book and he's just tearing down politics. And I was I was just like, do you know what? I stopped myself. I was like, I've really I'm about to judge him, shame him for like calling all these people out. He's a figure like he he's just doing this in a, what I see as an unhealthy way. It's not helping, contributing. But then I was like, no, like I'm asking him to be more compassionate. Okay, maybe I need to be more compassionate to him. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, that that really fucking changed. Yeah. Mm. So talk to me about human work. Let's go there. Like, how how would you describe that to someone? The way that I describe it, mm. and it dovetails really nicely from what we've just spoken about. But it's the remembrance of real human connection, and the way that I would define real human connection isn't that I'm saying it's all good it's free love we're amazing everything's fine real human connection to me is mm. connecting to the things that feel easy to connect to and positive and nice and joy and also connecting to the things that feel challenging and being willing to work through that to continue and hold that connection on the other side so really for me it's creating a space where that connection can happen and people can go through a process whether it's that they need to let go of something, whether it's that they need a deeper understanding of something, whether they need to nourish themselves with something that they haven't had. A lot of the time it is that connection that comes through, but creating a space where people can do that and doing it in community and having done a lot of men's work for me, what came through was I really feel that doing the work together is a beautiful evolution. Yeah. I believe that we need men's spaces. I believe that we need women's spaces, but coming together, there's a whole other sort of body of work that comes up mm. that might not come up in the other two, which can be done in a really beautiful way. And the focus that I'm having at the moment is around like when we're doing that together, it's very much preparing us for going out into the outside world and integrating because, of course, there are men and women. Yes. You know, when we go home, we may have a partner my partner's a woman or you know there's men and women in your family of course so it's like for me human work was really about making something that could allow people to yeah to integrate all of that the masculine and the feminine with a woman standing in front of them with a man standing in front of them mm. so yeah that's been the the evolution and what's so the far. ratios because do you, do you manage that or how, how does that show more, more women yeah. like I, I think also the prayer that came through for me is a lot of women were saying to me, I really want to do the work that I see you doing with men. I want yeah. something that's a bit more confrontational, that's a bit more kind of intense, that there's more masculine elements. That was kind of what was coming through. Sure. And then also what was coming through for me was that I was coming back from men's weekends and then in my own relationship with, with my partner um, and with the women in my family, I was like, oh, it's interesting that sometimes like the integration of then showing up in a good way for them i'm like not as prepared mm -hmm. so i thought okay well if we do the work together maybe that's gonna gonna make a change so that was kind of where it came from and then yeah women women are really answering the call i had more women at the first training that i did and so far for the next training i've had more women sign up men in general take longer mm -hmm. they sign up at the last minute but I, i'm really enjoying just seeing all of these women like i know that i need that and like stepping into their masculine to say like i want to do this work i think that's really really beautiful mm. and um yeah and it brings up some beautiful dynamics in the container as well mm. yeah man you mentioned prayer 
how does that feature in your life mm. for me it's it's pretty much not pretty much it's my biggest practice mm. when i'm not sure on anything when i don't know what to do when i feel lost i pray i pray for help or to find the right answer or to be willing to step back Mm-hmm. And and for me, it's really um, the notion of it is, yeah, living my life in a way that I'm in surrender to the fact that I'm not going to know everything. I'm not going to be able to do everything. Sometimes I haven't got it all worked out. And in those moments, I can just pray. And it's almost like whatever it is that I need in that moment just emerges. Someone else steps in and helps me or, um, you know, I find a new understanding of something. So, yeah, for me, it's 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 probably the practice that I'm most dedicated to. It's also really simple, which it's I like. <laughs> for me, it has been, yeah, around food. I've started to associate it with just a, a moment before food. Yeah. And just a, is it a prayer? I mean, I don't know. I've been really cool to read the Bible lately. And that's like presenting me with some stuck <laughs> energy here. It's really interesting you say that because my partner is... <laughs> been having a lot of connection as a mother to mother mary and then for our big altar she came mm. in bought some statues and all of that and i felt that too i felt sort of like oh i'm Oof, not, I'm I not... no one's watching this yeah cover mary up for a moment yeah. <laughs> yeah so so i felt that so it's 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 yeah. interesting but it's, it's again it's repatterning it right it's like yeah it needs to needs to be repatterned um because that energy if i'm feeling the stucky stickiness if i start communicating that it's just going to make other people question or cautious of like my even intention or what even it is for me something really hit me though and it was a quote it was and i and i just started crying it was god use me for something good Mm. and i don't know what it was but in this moment i just i just melted it was i was something overwhelming and I don't know why, I don't know what that was about that statement, but it was so fucking powerful. I think it was just like, I feel like I'm doing my best always. And it's fucking tough because I'm, I don't know, I'm just pouring all this energy into what I think is something good and then something will come up, someone will question it. And I'm like, fuck, maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm. Like, fuck, it seems tiring. But that was just like, oh, so it doesn't have to be so in me or on me. It was just more more of a surrender of like fucking how just like I'm a channel, I'm a vessel, like I'm just doing, I'm being, like just use me in the best way you can and to surrender. And it, it was it was powerful that coupled with a few other experiences around God, and I was just like, well, this is this might be how it happens. People then start to think God's communicating, and then they go and New Age and all that, and <laughs> and I don't know, and I've got I've got enough. Like I feel like I've got enough. Hmm. I know myself enough not to go down roots of dogma and like thinking that you know something is yeah leading me astray in another direction but it's yeah. like it is it's powerful when those moments happen but the yeah and that's the beauty of prayer for me prayer is allowing yourself to be held by something bigger than yourself mm. whether it's god whether you call it the creator whether it's a religion whether it's a lineage whatever it is mm. in that prayer you're allowing yourself to be held Mm-hmm. you're allowing you're turning over kind of the belief that you've got to have it all worked out and that everything is your doing that sort of thing and i'm not saying i don't believe in ownership because i believe big time in ownership mm. but for me prayer just takes me into that state it kind of links in a way when when i spoke about like reparenting and the little boy inside me it's like 
praying for him was a great way to connect, like praying for him to heal and feel nourished and going back to that place in a, in a space of prayer. That's been massively healing and, and profound for me. And, mm. and for me, it's the prayer. I struggle with meditation, <laughs> like mm. sitting in complete stillness. So for me, prayer allows me to do something that I feel is more active. And I am oh. trying to get better at sitting in stillness as well. But that's mm. that's why for me, it's a big medicine. What do you think that is? I'm just quite hyperactive. Um, yeah, my, my brain moves a lot. There's always a lot going on. I think like my energy centers are always like, like mm. really, or it's like peaks and troughs, should yeah. we say? So yeah, something that I've been working on is um, thinking about like my nervous system and my vessel vessel as like an operating system and how can I like tune it up and find a way. And actually one of the big things that I've realized is if I slow down, then naturally I actually move faster, if that kind of makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. How do you feel about the kind of the, I always get this word muddled, the meritocratic age where everything is on us as an individual did you listen to the podcast the emerald podcast around it's like it's get on my yoga mat to do my practice mm. and that is not inherently bad but there are consequences of living through the eye lens eye centric lens as an adult because um when you're in a collective experience and you devote which is really at the root of all spiritual traditions, yeah. the devotion practice. Um, in a collective experience, you thrive as an individual. Like when you give yourself up and you stop concentrating on you, and that's not about you, you kind of, you, yeah, you just, you, you bloom in that environment. So I often think about that, like how much am I trying to do this alone? Like feeling like I need to, heal my processes and sit with my trauma and fucking just seeing everything through me mm. rather than changing the environment or just collectively doing this together it's like it, it, it is different it's there's a different sense there yeah and that's why for me like for me service has been a big thing mm. can i be of service to other people and through being of service to others to my partner to my children to my community that's the best way of being of service to myself and i think it, it goes back to what we were discussing mm -hmm. but i don't believe that we're designed to live in an individual way i believe that we have an individual experience but actually we're meant to be doing this together we're a, a species that thrives on mm -hmm. connection and yeah. community which i believe is proven by various studies and statistics which i don't have to hand so Yes, I believe that society now has like perpetuated mm. the individual. Yeah, my healing journey. I've got to do this thing. I'm doing the work, that sort of thing. I think as soon as we step out of that and we think about others and we're of service, that's the best way that we can be of service to ourselves. Mm. And that doesn't mean compromising boundaries and looking after yourself and nourishing yourself and giving yourself the resources to support other people. Mm -hmm. But I believe that when we find that balance and the intention is about being of service to something greater, then we can step out of that pathology because it's quite easy to, and I know I've been in that place where it then just becomes all about me and I can lose myself in that space because I need the reflections of others. Mm. I need the connection of others. Does that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it lands. Yeah. It's huge. I think having the, the wisdom to know that 
difference between being gone yeah <laughs> yeah well it's interesting because some of the clients that i work with so people that i work with one to one for example have a one-to-one -one container super deep mm. doing all of this amazing work together and then i'm like are you ready to step into something group community mm. one of these trainings and it can be written i had this situation very recently it can be really challenging it's like oh, i feel a lot of resistance they've become quite comfortable in that container of just doing the individual work on themselves, their work, dealing with their stuff. I'm not ready to do that with other people yet. And it's interesting how that can happen. And then what I see is as soon as they cross that threshold and do it with others, it's like an accelerant. Mm. It's just a completely different paradigm shift when we do it in connection. Mm. So it's, it's like a real life example that I see quite often. People want to stay in the sort of cocoon of, maybe i'm not ready i need to do a bit more work on myself that sort of thing and it's like we're never ready mm. and and at the same time we're always ready for connection i've never that's never made sense to me really yeah like learning by doing and just yeah failing forward as zach avery would say yeah <laughs> um do you imagine the future do you, do you think about the future or like five years from now maybe not from a you plan but like as a we plan like something lately that i've been thinking about a lot is imagining a, a future like martin luther king didn't say i have a nightmare he said i have a dream so he imagined something that was more beautiful and i feel as a culture as a collective we doomsday way more than we imagine something better and i'm like i hit me the video i was like fuck like this is real this is we're imagining a future which is not going to be good for us it's going to be more disconnected it's going to be more extraction it's going in a, in decline people are going to get sicker we're going to have like mass populations moving across different lands and it's going to be chaos and we're almost calling that in we're mm. almost imagining it and i think there's a part to play there with our own imagination of what we can call in and not, not saving the world because you're fucking mad at it or you hate the things that could possibly happen but saving the world because and that's a that's a silly phrase but like contributing because you know what's possible and you know what you've felt and you know what's been touched mm. yeah so any make sense of any of that <laughs> i can add a, a strong thing come through which is vision is really important firstly mm. i have a practice around around vision which i will share and i believe that when we are focusing on the vision and moving forward with our head it's very easy for us to get into the kind of doomsday, everything's mm. wrong sort of space. But when we connect to the vision through our hearts, that's where we can create something more beautiful, more balanced, more in alignment, mm. that feels more positive and exciting. And the thing that I go back to is the function of our brain is to, a lot of it is to like analyze risk, right? Analyze sure. risk and danger. Mm -hmm. So I always use this example of, an early human a cave person wanting to go and get some water by a river but there's a saber-toothed tiger there mm. and you know the brain is like don't fucking mm. go down there because you're going to get eaten but the heart's like oh that water looks so good in the vision that sort of thing so it's like for me when i think about vision i always focus on vision through my heart and that's thinking about how i want to feel not what i will have or what i will do or what i will have achieved it's how do i want to feel and it really comes from that feel from the place of emotion from the place of the heart mm. and that to me paints a picture that's way more beautiful and also real because it's how i'm going to feel and that's ultimately 
the reality. What is it that I'm feeling right now in my body? What are the emotions? What are the, what are the things? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I reflect on my vision. I sit with my vision. I always ask myself that question. How do I want to feel? And then I feel that the vision comes through and it's not me worrying or, again, overly thinking about things. It's just feeling what is that essence and, and it can evolve. It's not a static thing. It's not a checklist necessarily of goals. And it's also good sometimes to have goals. Mm. But for me, it's how can we vision through the heart rather than using our heads? And that's mm. where we can kind of step out of that, like, oh, everything, you know. And, and I think that essentially the society and the culture is very, like, heady. Everyone's very in their heads, right? Yeah. I was on a driving awareness course the other night, of a day, and it was very heady. Like, I was trying to bring in some, like, some heart stuff and yeah. just some connection, just some feeling. And it was, like, met with more head. And I was like, wow is an interesting space yeah so the vision the vision should come from the heart mm. not from the mind and that's where i feel we get the true essence of a vision how how do we want to feel what will life mm-hmm. like what's the experience you know that to me is more tangible than just thinking through things that i might have do or say or be at that time mm. it's and it's and it takes us out of again it takes us out of that space of like competition because it's so unique and individual to our expression and our path rather than sort of calculating and analyzing mm. what do you think is possible for the world and the direction that we're going maybe in relation to these spaces and your mission to normalize connection mm. i think there's a lot it's a it's a difficult question for me because mm. i get torn in the sense that i see so much beauty and so much hope and so much light and then i also see much so see see so much pain and so much struggling mm. and i find it difficult to comprehend why some of us experience a lot of one and some of us experience another and it's so hard to know because like how did we end up in this body why did this soul choose this this vessel mm. i do believe that we're getting to a point where the kind of domination of the world of resources of people and all of those things is pushing us to a point where there will have to be a big reset and i believe something that's that's beautiful it's almost the way i envision it is like kind of weeds growing through the concrete a lot of people because of all of that those things that are happening are realizing that this isn't a way to live this isn't how we want to exist and i believe that that will create a better future and for me it's like if i can go out in the world and do things that touch people and make them make a small change, show up in a slightly better way, come to terms with something, whatever it is, then that's ultimately the best I can do. It's creating a ripple ripple effect. And that Mm. starts with my children, right? It's like, Mm. how can I show them that it's okay to make mistakes? How can I teach them that being in your emotions is a positive thing and um, that connection and community are all very possible things that they can have in their life, even in a world where there's so much you know craziness and stuff going on so yeah for me i just think about it in a way of like yeah how can i how can i touch the next person closest to me and if i'm doing that mm. then i feel like i'm i'm making a difference and that there is hope for for a lot of these things to change and then i can also go into this like crazy other space where i'm like i don't even know if there's meant to be this many humans and maybe this is all an experiment and what are these things people are wearing yeah when they're out for meals with people yeah exactly exa- exactly google glass if you dive down that yeah no i have not done that oh my day there's a lot of content i won't continue the conversation yeah. with this because 
it's just happening it's happening yeah the the energy but around i also going. have this thing that i think if it's here and it's happening then i do have a belief that it is how it's meant to be i struggle with that i struggle with it i struggle with it when i see what's happening in the world and the the pain and the suffering and all of these different things and i'm like mm. fuck is it meant to be like this yeah but it is like this and and i want to live in the reality i want to be in this realm actually in fact although it is nice to travel to the 5d planes through different means and ways that you can do it i really feel that in this lifetime my calling for myself and for other people and to be an example of that is to just come back to earth come back to the elements come back to grounding come back to the land come back to the simplicities come back to the connection come back to the community mm. and i feel that that's really what i'm i'm here to do in so many different ways you know mm. you're doing it man yeah <laughs> beautiful man thank you brother yeah thank I appreciate you. you just speaking and <laughs> answering some challenging questions yeah and uh yeah man i'm excited to spend some more time with you and being one of your spaces and just yeah see see you grow also and just yeah witness that journey as a as many men that we know um stepping into more of these spaces and it's powerful uh, and i love that i'm on that journey with others like by my side to, yeah. to like actually grow and just see what's possible in a decade and two like I, I don't know like it's it's just powerful to have at this time still feel like there's a lot to do but also that i can do in the many years that i've got left you know yeah to just witness that and be present to that unfolding of what hap what's going to happen in the future yeah it's uh it's great that's what keeps it's what feels most alive you know yeah to be connected to that connection yeah <laughs> yes brother anyone you anything you want to leave anyone with what do you want to speak to any any prayers you want to call in any anything at all yeah i th i think for me my prayer for people listening is yeah just to come back to connection with yourself and knowing that in any moment where things may feel challenging that you can always do that you can come back to your connection with yourself and mm. how in connection with yourself can you offer that connection to others and i feel the more that we do that we're repatterning this society this culture where we've experienced a lot of uh, disconnection and a lot of challenge so for me it's that simple cultivate more connection mm, beautiful reminds me of the lyrics from the what's the song it's like find your center this is this is just a reminder to find your center yeah john hopkins or someone yeah and i like the thing that you said which is like <laughs> just give yourself like not give yourself a break mm. you're doing your best mm. and that's all that we can do mm. none of us like know that's the whole thing the purpose isn't given to us in the beginning the purpose is found along the journey mm. and ultimately for yeah. me if i'm around people that i know that are doing their best then I feel a lot of hope about the things that can happen. You know, people that are doing their best, people that are willing to have hard conversations, people that are willing to come into deeper connection with themselves and others, even when it feels difficult. Yeah. That shit Absolutely. inspires me. Yeah, man. Changing the paradigm. It's really beautiful. And just to make it normal and cool to like just 
see I was, I was watching some of your content actually and i was like there's no words can really do anything justice when you're in a space where everyone feels radically accepting of people's mess people's discomfort people's challenge people's like messiness however that appears maybe mm. it's in our language or maybe it's in the way we hold ourselves but there's something just so beautiful to witness the normalization of people that are just like yes we're just normalizing our humanness and we're being okay with it and even when you've got shit you need to work through and you're yeah and you're just just really like fucking up like people fucking up and people just being yeah it's just how that's met and it's not met with like turning the other way and how can we come into contact with all of the things that are on this whole spectrum of being human and i believe that if people can do that and go and integrate that in their lives well then they have a really good chance of fulfilling whatever it is that they're here to do and yeah finding just full engagement with life right just being accepting of all of it which mm. is why it's human work yeah on your bio you've got all of you as welcome yeah well that yeah that's another 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 whole story but that was a big process that was a big process yeah, for me it's, it's hard just a part of me that is is like wow is it I'm, is all of me welcome because there's parts of me that I, I i'm not sure they are you know yeah well i i it's interesting because i've had that in containers where something comes up and someone shares something maybe that they've done mm. and i'm like whoa i'm feeling some judgments how right do you now. navigate that yeah how do you navigate that and mm. it's like take a deep breath i'm here to do this work in connection yeah so let's come into connection with that yeah what is it that happened mm. what made you do that how do you feel about it what do you want to change? What do you need right now? What do you need to break free from? Mm. And that acceptance is so alchemizing for yeah. people. We just need more of it, more more acceptance and, and more connection. And I believe that the more that we embrace our humanness and all of those things, then to that bigger question that you asked, are we going down the doomsday path or things it's like the more that we embrace all of our humanness and are in acceptance of it and come into connection with that and come into connection with others, then I believe the more that we can create a reality where we don't see so much suffering and so much challenge. And I, I believe that's where it starts. Mm. Yeah. I think allowing people to connect with that belief also. Yeah. There's a lot of belief around the opposite. That. Exactly people are this way they're rooted in evil and they're, they're bad people there's no good there's no good or bad people no we've created that framework yeah exactly <laughs> the good about yeah and i often say that with my with my with my kids when especially in like if you if you look at um films and stuff it's like there's goodies and there's baddies and that's like hardwired mm, into us yeah and there's not we are just so unique and so mm. multi-dimensional that both can exist mm. there are parts of me that people would consider good and there are parts of me that people would consider bad mm. And again, it's that path of how can I accept and integrate them? Because from that place, I can always be doing my best. I can show up and embody something that inspires other people to do good mm. in the world, you know? Yeah. That's why Jung in psychology is so fucking powerful because he really meets that with when you don't look at things, when you don't accept things, it forces it into the thing that you don't want to look at. The exactly. And it's just so... You, you, you can't look at it, you can't see it, and then it's just projected out at everyone else. 
And there's only two places other than two places that I've experienced that level of acceptance. One is the work that I do, these kind of trainings. Mm. And the other was Narcotics Anonymous. Insane level of acceptance. Like mm. when you're at that point, although there is resistance as well, I remember walking into those rooms and looking around and saying, wow, this mm. is a completely different paradigm in here. People are in full acceptance wow. or on that path to full acceptance of really challenging stuff and things that they may feel real shame about. And that for me was, was really hopeful that there's mm. spaces like that, you know? Mm. Thank you, man. Thanks, brother. Rip the table and just give you a hug. (laughs) Thanks for listening, people. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. This is the best zero-cost way to support. If this podcast is providing you value, please get further involved by donating as little as £3 a month over at my Patreon. If you do this, you will get free bonus content invited into a private WhatsApp group and jump on monthly calls to dive in to topics covered in recent episodes. Of course, only if you want to. In addition, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave a five-star review. This helps the podcast tremendously or send it to a friend or someone you know will benefit from this episode. If you have any of the questions, comments or people you'd love me to get on an interview or even topics you want me to cover, please say so in the comment section over at the YouTube channel, link in the description. Please check out the sponsors I mentioned at the beginning, two brands who I wholeheartedly support, World Soul Sandals and XL Coffee. For discount codes, links are in the description. There is also a link in the description where you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter where I share musings and info about events and discounts. If you want to share any episodes over at Instagram, tag me in your stories, the.chris.geisler. Thank you. That is all. Thank you for your interest in conversations to help us all remember ways that once served us and redirect us back into connection with ourselves and the places we go.